Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 you don't know what you're asking for sometimes all the wealth and power and wise men that he had access to all the everything he had at his disposal he was still a man troubled by a dream The wise men's peril reveals the impossible predicament therein. Look at verse 2. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. That's their job. They got paid well for it. They were paid big paychecks. They were at the top of the pay grade. And their job was to inform the king. That was his administration. Daniel was a part of that administration. And so as you begin to read the story, this is quite the demand because this isn't what normal kings would ask. Normal kings would tell their wise men the dreams and then they would interpret those dreams, but not Nebuchadnezzar. As you read on, you find out that he demands them to interpret the dream but also give him the dream. And they're like, Nebuchadnezzar, tell us the dream so we can interpret it. As you read on, you find out that Nebuchadnezzar's onto their game. There's always these Charltons. You just have to give them the right information, they'll jump on it. And so he says, no, I'm not giving it to you. You got two options. You give me the dream and its interpretation, you're going to have honor, you're going to have wealth, you're going to have everything that, that I have access to. I'm going to bless you in big ways, but if you don't, your death is sealed. You're going to be ripped limb by limb. How many know that that's a pretty severe situation? So they ask him, look, give us the dream, and and, and they can't get, Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm not going to do that. And in verse 10, you see their understanding of how impossible this is. Look at verse 10. In their own words, The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. They know that they're in serious trouble and that it is an impossible situation because they're bound by the natural world. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar is asking for something supernatural that they are unable. They were a bunch of Charltons. They were a bunch of phonies. Nebuchadnezzar knew that by asking. He said, you're just buying time and all this. Then they come to the conclusion, what you're asking, no man can do. And the reason is, is because when you don't believe in God, you're bound by the natural world. That 
uh, the natural circumstances is what you're confined by, that there's no room for the supernatural. And Richard Dawkins was one of the most well-known atheists. If you look him up on the internet, you'll see how well-known he is. Very, very intelligent man. Very, very smart. I got to give him that for credit. But he was an atheist and he denied that there was ever an existence of God. And so he wrote this book called The God Delusion in 2006. And basically, Dawkins' view is that you have a simple choice. Either we believe in miracles and things like biblical prophecy, or we believe in the scientific understanding of the laws of nature, but not both. His belief is that for any intelligent person, the only option you have is the scientific laws of nature, and that belief in a personal God is a delusion. He wrote in his book these words, The 19th century is the last time when it was possible for an educated person to admit to believing in miracles like the virgin birth without embarrassment. When pressed, many educated Christians today are too loyal to deny the virgin birth and the resurrection. But it embarrasses them because their rational minds know that it is absurd, so they would much rather not be asked. Boy, is he wrong. You got people across seas that are dying because of that belief. But see, Richard Dawkins and other atheists like him want to say that you're embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of the virgin birth, and I'm not ashamed of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's foolishness, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, for those who are perishing, but to us it's the power of salvation. Only a blind man can write a book like that with all the scientific facts and all the uh, statistics and everything else that he has. And that certainly wasn't Daniel's words. Look at verse 28. But there is a God in heaven. (laughs) Just that phrase, but there is a God in heaven. Listen to me. You have to come to a point in your life where you either believe that there is a God in heaven that does the supernatural, that can intervene in this natural world in supernatural ways to glorify himself, or you don't believe it. You're going to come up to a position in your life like Nebuchadnezzar where all the resources you have access to cannot help you, then what do you do? But there is a God in heaven There is a God in heaven. Your marriage may be headed for the rocks and your counselor has told you, man, I don't see any hope in this situation. It looks like it's a dead-end street. The best thing for you is to divorce, but there's a God in heaven. (laughs) You may have a son or a daughter that you raised in the ways of the Lord and they decided one day, you know what? I'm just going to walk away from God. I was on my college campus and I was in a think tank and they proved that there was no God And your kid is drifting off, going down the wrong road, headed for destruction. But there's a God in heaven. I've seen people go into new creations and they fought addictions all their life. They've been in bondage to drugs all their life. They walk in. In fact, somebody said about Roxanne Gazar, one of the probation officers said, look, she's been on probation for 20 years. There's no hope and there's no chance for her. They gave her very little hope. But there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. 
Atheists like Dawkins have long insisted there's no creator, but the latest science says different. Stephen Meyer, who is a Cambridge-educated philosopher of science, came out with a new book entitled Return of the God Hypothesis. In his book, he talks about three key discoveries in the 20th century that disprove people like Dawkins. One is through telescopes. Scientists are now challenging the theory that the universe was eternal. Through telescopes, they're finding out that there had to be a beginning point for the universe. And, and, you know, when people like Dawkins run into a situation, they come up with dumb theories like Big Bang, you know. And, and you know, the, there's no sense in it when you read it and you discover everything just exploded into existence. Have you looked at your brain lately? Have you looked at the anatomy of the eyes and, and your lungs? You look at this and you're fascinated. The second discovery was how finely tuned the universe is. The very laws that govern the cosmos, such as gravity, electromagnetism, nuclear forces, and the cosmological constants are precisely calibrated in such a way that makes life possible. And then, of course... There was the discovery of the DNA, the inner structure of the cell, and the crucial role information in the cells plays in the existence and propagation of life. How do you answer those things? See, the 19th century was the, the century of enlightenment. They said everyone got too educated for God. Then all of a sudden you got the telescope and the microscope. And DNA and things like that. And they're saying this is too complex. And those who don't acknowledge God are at least shifting to the middle ground saying intelligent design. Okay, where's the intelligence come from? See, it took, it took a swing. And now with technology, it's swinging back to prove there's a creator. So people like Nebuchadnezzar who have all the wealth and the power in the world, people like the wise men, they have to face God someday because whatever they do, they have to die. You have to die and pay your income taxes. <laughs> Last time I checked, the death rate was 100%. <laughs> There's a God in heaven, he says. There's a God in heaven. <laughs> He's the game changer. Daniel's right. There's a God in heaven. Think about that. When he says there's a God in heaven, think about God. The first opening line of the Bible says, in the beginning, what? God. In the beginning, God. Heaven is where uh, the supernatural is. It's where his throne is. In fact, in Psalm 1, uh, or eleven four, it says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. In Hebrews 8, 1, speaking of Christ, now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Heaven is the realm outside of the natural world, the realm that people like Dawkins doesn't know and people that are atheists don't understand. See, there's a realm outside of the natural realm, and it's called heaven. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic 
powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces evil in the heavenly places, things that telescopes and microscopes can't see, the heavenly places, the realm outside of the natural realm. In fact, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, it's a short book, it's only six chapters long, but you see heavenly places mentioned five different times. The war is in the heavenlies, God's throne is in the heavenlies, and what God does is he breaks from heaven into this earth. And that's where the supernatural intrudes on the natural world. This is why Jesus could stand up in a boat and say, peace be still to the storm. Supernatural just broke into the natural. So Daniel knew that God can do the impossible through supernatural means. He had a relationship with God. And he knew that this circumstance, because Daniel was one of the wise men too, he fell into that category. So Nebuchadnezzar, he pretty much, if you read the story, uh, as it leads up to Daniel's situation here, he orders them all to be killed. He becomes irrational. He says, you know what? Put them all to death. So they have a death sentence on them, and, and that's pretty much as impossible as situations can get, especially under Nebuchadnezzar, who had the military, who had the power to put anyone to death that he wanted. And so, Arioch, his right-hand man, Daniel's going to approach him. And Arioch's going to clue him in on the situation. Watch Daniel's response, verses 14 to 16. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. Arioch clued him in in the verses before. Daniel responds in this way. He keeps his cool. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel because no one can interpret the dream. And you know Nebuchadnezzar, when he has a bad night, he puts everyone to death. You know, he's got the power to do that. Some people have a bad day and the limit of their power may be throwing a rock at somebody or protesting and burning a building down. But Nebuchadnezzar has the power to put everybody to death and he had a bad day and he's putting everybody to death. And what does Daniel do? Verse 15, 16, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time. He didn't even see his secretary. He bypassed the front desk and he went into the very man who was going to put him to death, or ordered the death, actually, that he might show the interpretation to the king. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, look, I'm going to give you the dream and the interpretation. And that had to have caught his attention. And so we see that Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, Daniel responds in a way that only someone with a relationship with God can. He doesn't freak out and lose his head. He doesn't try and plan a way of escape. He sees a situation and says, how can I turn the tables on this because I know the God who can? He responded, it says, with prudence. He responds with discretion. What do you do when somebody gives you news that is impossible, what is your reaction? What is your first response? Do you say there's a God in heaven? 
Do you have a relationship with God that no matter what rocks the boat you're in, you know that God's the one that can keep it afloat? This is big because you've got God's people in a pagan world. How do they respond? It is what it is, and you are who you are. We say we believe in God. We say he does the impossible. But do you wake up tomorrow morning, and the first news you get, you freak out? Like, God only sits on his throne on Sundays? Because he enjoys your singing so much. But Monday morning, my boss is on the throne. The coworker that continues to drive and jab at me and continues to spread the they're on the throne. Because see, listen to me, this is important. Whoever controls your life is on the throne. No boss can control your life. God does. No circumstance can control your life. God does. Daniel's faith is challenged. I'm going to tell you again that, that any faith that is not challenged is no faith at all. Put that in your heart because if your faith isn't being challenged, how do you know who you are in God? Thank you, Lord, for the trials that come into our lives. Thank you for the circumstances we have to deal with today because we know who we are when those things march on us. And I'm a child of God. Amen? <laughs> Better say amen. Does your life today reflect that attitude? Does it reflect that you believe a God of impossible? Because it's going to make the difference on how you respond. And how you respond is going to make a difference on the influence you bring. To your kids, to your spouse, to your workplace, to everywhere you go. They are watching. They are wa oh, they go to the same counselors <laughs> that I do. Yeah, we see the same counsel. We st the Bible doesn't say blessed is the man who sits under the counsel of the ungodly. It says blessed is the man who sits not under the counsel. Of the ungodly. Because we believe different. We believe this thing is more than the flesh. We believe it's in the heavenlies. And we believe that God's throne is in the heavenlies. And that's where we go. That's where we go. So. So. Not only that right. So what I want you to see is that. That impossible situations are only opportunities for God. But the second thing I want you to see is God does the impossible through his people in supernatural ways. And this is where the story gets good. Our life here on earth, you need to understand, needs to be lived in a way where we have expectancy that God is going to do the supernatural. Otherwise, you just have a form of religion. That's all you have. You have a place to go on Sundays. You have a book to read. You have people that you can gather with. And you can talk about God all you want. But do you live in faith that God can do anything? And that's what our life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a life that, that we live in expectancy. Next week, 
Chris is going to cover this amazing prophecy. And how God did it was he gives a dream to a pagan king. And he gives the dream itself and the interpretation to his servant Daniel in order to not only accomplish his purposes so that you and I can read it today, but also to bless others, which you'll see in a moment. But people are like, dreams? Visions? You're whacked out, pastor. No, I'm not. God speaks in dreams and visions still today. Do you know in Joel chapter 2, listen to this, Joel, cha Joel chapter 2, verse 20, 29, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And we know today happens to be Pentecost. And we're dealing with dreams right now. Uh, that today we know that there's a celebration of when that prophecy of Joel was fulfilled because in Acts chapter 2, they bring up the Bible and interpret for us. Peter does, for these people are not drunk. As you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on the, my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And Joel says this day is going to come and it came, day of Pentecost. But, but people are like, you had a dream and you say it was from God, you're weird. You had a vision? Here, let me give you the card of my psychologist. And, and we think it's weird. When God specifically says it's going to happen because do you really believe in the supernatural? Or do you believe in an idea of God? It's good for the family, you know. It builds up a conscience or whatever. No, it's not weird when God's people have dreams and visions. What should be weird if they don't have dreams and visions. When I was in uh, Thailand and we did a pastor's conference and a leader's conference, there was a pastor from Burma, which is a persecuted area. He was the first one in his um, village to get saved. And um, he has this dream. Nobody led him to Christ. He had a dream at night, and he committed his life to Christ in the dream. He woke up the next morning and says, man, I'm serving Christ. He goes to his mom. His mom beats him because they don't believe in Christ. They're, they believe in animism, Buddhism, and everything else. But, but when it comes to the true God, they don't believe in him. And so that didn't deter him. They locked him up for 30 days trying to get him to change his belief, and that didn't do any good. He got out and he started a church, and half the village now is baptized and believers. But see, he knew that God, how many people, you know, if he was sharing that in our church today, or even if I just shared it, like I shared it right now, I just shared it, you're like, man, that's weird. You know, it's only weird in America. It's not weird across seas where people believe 
And God is the only thing they have. They don't have all the possessions of Nebuchadnezzar. They don't have all the amenities of the wise men. So faith is the key to accessing God's supernatural power. And I want you to see this because we're talking about access now, right? That you're talking about living in a natural world and you're talking about a God who does the supernatural through his people. Now I want to talk to you about access. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977